You're listening to the Lifting Her Voice podcast, episode number nine. Today we'll read the ninth chapter of Matthew together and learn about Jesus' miracles, the hard-heartedness of the Pharisees, and Jesus' compassion. And let's explore where we see ourselves in this chapter, shall we? Welcome to the Lifting Her Voice podcast. I'm your host, Joy Miller, and I invite you to grab your Bible and join me as we simply read God's Word together. Some things require discipline, and sometimes that's just not easy to muster by yourself, no matter how badly you want to do it or how much you know you should. It's just easier to do it with a friend. So refill your coffee or tea, get comfortable in your favorite chair, and follow along as I read aloud. I'm so glad you're here. agree that there is a difference between reading and studying the Word of God. Reading is good. God, in the person of the Holy Spirit, is perfectly capable of speaking to our hearts and thereby communicating truth to each of us. Whether or not we have an arsenal of commentaries, a concordance, or mini Bible dictionaries, However, a deep dive and digging further is always better. God gifted us with curiosity. Curiosity about what lays beyond in deep space. Curiosity about history. Curiosity about what makes people tick. And so, so much more. As you read your Bible, there will be myriad times you ask, What the heck does that mean? (laughs) To help you in those times, I thought I would share with you some of my favorite resources when I need to know just a little bit more. I don't think I need to mention the John MacArthur Study Bible again. What I haven't mentioned is a couple of apps that I use. That's Olive Tree Bible App and YouVersion. Between these two apps, you'll have access to virtually every translation of the Bible, including many audio versions so that you can both read and listen at the same time. Additionally, two excellent websites are BibleHub.com and BibleStudyTools.com. All the great commentators are represented at these sites, Matthew Henry, Wesley, Schofield, and many, many more. I challenge you to log on to either one or both and just scout around. You might even already have a verse in mind that's haunting you. Simply type in the reference on either one of those sites and have fun exploring. The final resource that I found and am absolutely in love with is The Bible Project, with podcasts and a website by the same name. You'll meet two young scholars who are mega smart, but so understandable. They have animated videos on every book of the Bible that you can watch with your kids and foster great discussions. 
and everything is free. Well, that's all we have time for today, but we'll keep adding to that list of resources, and I hope it spurs you on to dive ever deeper into the study of God's Word. Now, let's turn to Matthew chapter 9. Matthew chapter 9. So he got into the boat, crossed over, and came to his own town. Just then, some men brought him a paralytic lying on a stretcher. Seeing their faith, Jesus told the paralytic, Have courage, son, your sins are forgiven. At this, some of the scribes said to themselves, He's blaspheming. Perceiving their thoughts, Jesus said, Why are you thinking evil things in your hearts? For which is easier, to say, Your sins are forgiven, or to say, Get up and walk, but so that you may know that the Son of Man has authority on earth to forgive sins. Then he told the paralytic, Get up, take your stretcher, and go home. So he got up and went home. When the crowd saw this, they were awestruck and gave glory to God, who had given such authority to men. As Jesus went on from there, he saw a man named Matthew sitting at the toll booth, and he said to him, Follow me. And he got up and followed him. While he was reclining at the table in the house, many tax collectors and sinners came to eat with Jesus and his disciples. When the Pharisees saw this, they asked his disciples, Why does your teacher eat with tax collectors and sinners? Now when he heard this, he said, It is not those who are well who need a doctor, but those who are sick. Go and learn what this means. I desire mercy, not sacrifice. For I don't come to call the righteous, but sinners. Then John's disciples came to him, saying, Why do we and the Pharisees fast often, but your disciples do not fast? Jesus said to him, Can the wedding guests be sad while the groom is with them? The time will come when the groom will be taken away from them, and then they will fast. No one patches an old garment with unshrunk cloth, because the patch pulls away from the garment and makes the tear worse. And no one puts new wine into old wineskins, otherwise the skins burst and the wine spills out and the skins are ruined. No, they put new wine into fresh wineskins, and both are preserved. As he was telling them these things, suddenly one of the leaders came and knelt down before him, saying, My daughter just died, but come and lay your hand on her, and she will live. So Jesus and his disciples got up and followed him. Just then, a woman who had suffered from bleeding for twelve years approached from behind and touched the end of his robe, for she said to herself, If I can just touch his robe, I'll be made well. Jesus turned and saw her. Have courage, daughter, he said. Your faith has saved you. And the woman was made well from that moment. When Jesus came to the leader's house, He saw the flute players and a crowd lamenting loudly. Leave, he said, because the girl is not dead, 
but asleep, and they laughed at him. After the crowd had been put outside, he went in and took her by the hand, and the girl got up. Then news of this spread throughout the whole area. As Jesus went on from there, two blind men followed him, calling out, Have mercy on us, son of David. When he entered the house, the blind men approached him, and Jesus said to them, Do you believe that I can do this? They said to him, Yes, Lord. Then he touched their eyes, saying, Let it be done for you according to your faith. And their eyes were opened. Then Jesus warned them sternly, Be sure that no one finds out. But they went out and spread the news about him throughout that whole area. Just as they were going out, a demon-possessed man who was unable to speak was brought to him. When the demon had been driven out, the man who had been mute spoke, and the crowds were amazed, saying, Nothing like this has ever been seen in Israel. But the Pharisees said, He drives out demons by the ruler of the demons. Jesus continued going around to all the towns and villages, teaching in their synagogues, preaching the good news of the kingdom, and healing every disease and every sickness. When he saw the crowds, he felt compassion for them, because they were distressed and dejected, like sheep without a shepherd. Then he said to his disciples, The harvest is abundant, but the workers are few. Therefore pray to the Lord of the harvest to send out workers into his harvest. Now, there is a transition from yesterday that I don't want you to miss. Remember the end of chapter 8 when Jesus sent those demons into the herd of pigs? His power really upset the people from the town. They knew they had seen something that they couldn't understand. Perhaps they knew they were in the presence of God. Whatever it was, they asked him to leave their region, and he did. We come to chapter 9, and he's getting back into the boat. What can we take from that? That Jesus won't force himself on us? Were their hearts hard to his message? Maybe it was simple practicality. Jesus knew he only had three years for this ministry, and he had a lot of ground to cover. If they didn't want to receive what he had for them, he would move on to the next. I'm not sure of everything we're supposed to see here, but somehow it seems important and worth some meditation. And how about those religious leaders when that paralytic was brought to Jesus? I think I would be so busy being amazed at the miracle, I wouldn't even think about the rules of religion. How would you react? What would you be thinking? Look, I don't want to minimize their devotion to God and the rules he set forth, but it quickly becomes apparent that something else is going on here. Yes, they are devoted. At least they must have started out that way. But it must have become very easy for them to get used to the attention and the accolades. People hanging on their every word for interpretation of a scripture and thinking they had a direct line to God. That kind of power is pretty heady stuff, and not easily relinquished. But 
we can't be too quick to point an accusing finger at the Pharisees, can we? There have been too many times that I thought I was right, too many times that I thought I had a better idea of justice than God, too many times I didn't want to give up my position. I see hardened hearts here, too. Were they oblivious to the suffering right in front of them? Were they so closed off that they couldn't even sense that they were in the presence of the Son of God? Jesus saw that they lacked mercy. I shudder at how many times he has seen that in me, too. We certainly see his tender-heartedness at the end of the chapter. It tells us that wherever he went, he was moved to compassion for the lost people of Israel. He saw their lostness and the effects of being separated from their God and Creator. It broke his heart and he encouraged his disciples to pray that God would send more workers. And this applies to us today, doesn't it? There are so many that are lost, and I wouldn't wish that separation from God on my worst enemy. The suffering is too great. The cost is too high. We must always be sensitive to the leading of the Holy Spirit in sharing the good news of Christ's forgiveness and not keep it to ourselves. There's too much work to be done, so let's pray now for that great harvest. Father God, thank you for being our Good Shepherd. Thank you for your compassion toward us. I pray that you would give us your eyes to see the need in everyone we meet. Place your fire in us to share what you have done for each of us. Amen. Thank you for joining me here today. I pray God will grow in you what has been planted and watered here. In this time of unprecedented struggle worldwide, we can look to God for guidance and comfort. Be sensitive to those in your circle of influence who need a word of encouragement and invite them to join us. If you like the show, it would be great if you'd give it a five-star review. Don't forget to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. See you right here tomorrow. Be well.